For the record, with Dan Gordon and Maya Billick on FBI Radio. For the record, we'd like to acknowledge that today we're broadcasting on the stolen Gadigal land of the Eora Nation and pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Sovereignty was never ceded, always was, always will be. Today on For the Record, we have a very special chat in store with one of PC Music's key figures, DJ and producer Danny L. Hall, who you may know from collaborations with TK Meidzer, 100 Gex, Claro, Charlie XCX, Kara Kara Benito, Lil Uzi Vert, Nile Rogers, and so, so many more. The list honestly goes on and on. This year, Danny has released the album Hardcore, a high-concept rave record that occupies the virtual space of a multi-room club, with each occupied by a different DJ, the alter egos of Hudson Mohawk, Caroline Polacek, and more. Stay with us over the next hour as Maya gets the scoop from Danny himself. much for chatting to me I feel so like I was just saying to Mitch before when you popped in (laughs) I really didn't know if I'd be able to make this happen so I feel really privileged really lucky this album is something I've had on repeat the last little while so it's kind of like a nice little uh a small little dream to be able to make this happen so thank you for giving me your time thank you it's been on repeat for me as well I'm sure it would have been for much longer than for me (laughs) yeah yeah um, so I'm going to just move through, I guess, like as thematically as possible through this album as I can. But mm-hmm. before really going deep into it, I want to ask you, what was the song or moment that 
you really felt like you dipped your toe into in the rave cave and opened this new world to you and inspired you. I know you're definitely a family man nowadays. Um, Not that that should really stop anyone, you know, from going to the odd warehouse party or anything. But I want to know if those parties or clubs were something you went to when you were younger. Is that how you formed this kind of introduction to this style of music? Fill me in. So it wasn't actually to do with that. Um, it wasn't to do with going to parties or clubs when I was younger because I was what was known as a massive nerd when I was young and uh, didn't really go to many big parties or clubs until I was sort of slightly older, like sort of 19 onwards. I was just inside making music the whole time. So I would say as a result of being this kind of nerd, you're kind of forced to develop this inner world and inner life. That's like most nerd culture is about that like about kind of forming sort of inner narratives and that kind of thing and being interested in culture that is just like world building and that sort of thing. And my interest in rave music came about basically as a result. It was initially like strangely intellectual, but also like it it, it was sort of like a balance between intellectual and emotional because it was that I had been studying classical music for a long time and it took me a very long time to realize that I was just interested in like extremes in music, like extremes of simplicity, complexity, and like extremes of emotion and extremes of loud and quiet and that kind of thing. And it's from that that I realized that, yeah, pop music was probably one of the most extreme forms of music that exists. Like it's, it's, it's much louder than any of this other supposedly loud music that exists and it's much clearer. And this, yeah, and the simplicity is just absolutely there. And, but rave music is, is like that on a much more raw level and just the purity of basically the sort of monophonic nature of lots of rave music, where it's sometimes like, yeah, in the track crazy man by the prodigy there's one point where just the riff comes in and it's just one the whole track is one sound mm. and that's propelling the entire set the, the entire track and that i think was strangely a motivation of me and a lot of my friends at the time to make this kind of basically monophonic music where there's just this one idea that's propelling the entire track and that and that as obviously been an idea for a very long time but it seemed to capture a lot of us at that period and uh it was for, and for me like rave music was the perfect expression of it because i just love the sort of uh, the energy it gives me and i just found it very evocative and because i didn't really go out to parties and stuff i just like listening to it as music so it wasn't didn't really have the same function like didn't even have the same social function to, as like it was completely sort of basically designed for um and as a result, it created this sort of inner world in my head. And that's like to connect a very early experience to the Hulkor album. That's kind of like probably the genesis of where something like Hulkor comes from, which is like expressing this place that was sort of like slowly developed over time in, in this kind of like, uh, like, hard to describe, like, but very real feeling space. Um, that was created as a result of like listening to this music um, mm. uh, and yeah it was uh, yeah so it was it was it was a, it, it took me a long time to just uh, appreciate just to kind of like appreciate simplicity in music I think uh, most music education makes you fetishize complexity in music 
um, in jazz education or classical education, basically any education, because yeah. they they need quantifiable sort of factors in music in order to be able to teach it. Otherwise, you can't quantify the teaching of it. So it's like, can you do this really hard thing? Do you understand this very hard to understand thing? And it's like, well, as much as that's sort of a thing, you should actually like just kind of like these sort of athletic style musical challenges or like intellectually athletic style musical challenges aren't actually valid if they're not, if the end point isn't to make music that you like the sound of, because music is just about liking the sound of something or like finding it evocative or intellectually stimulating in some way. But it's just like, I find lots of education actually separated me from just the experience of listening to music. There's by kind of like making me focus on too much, too many other things. So it's almost like uh, I had to study music age, for, for ages to reject the studying of music in that way. And you made your own Narnia in the process. <laughs> Precisely, yes. That's, that's, I think it's pretty accurate, yeah. <laughs> oh, we cannot stop. If you had to pick your poison, are you a junglist or a bass head? Do you have a favorite of the lot in terms of genre? Um, UK hardcore would be my would my be my favorite genre, which is a quite an unpopular dance genre that developed in the two <laughs> thousands, uh, and it it was a sort of phenomenon for a small amount of time, uh, and it was. It's it's where one of my favorite producers of all time, Scott Brown, he was like the sort of master of that scene as far as I'm concerned. And uh, it's these very, very euphoric 
chords and always sort of melodic kind of sounds coming in mm. and usually these sort of uh, female vocals sometimes sped up uh, and piano riffs over a kind of anywhere between 160 and 180 uh, kick drum um, and for me there was just loads of invention in that area of music and it it didn't take off in the same way as like jungle or drum and bass or anything like that it was and it was quite localized uh but for me for me it just like spoke to me immediately um and yeah and i've been obsessed with it for a long time i played it in my radio one show ages ago i put it in my fade mix and it, it, it's it also has links with the the machina style of music which mm. has which is like a joint venture between the uk and spain basically um <laughs> uh, except the uk added very fast rapping over the top of it um and oh, yeah. uh yeah it's uh yeah so it's i would say yeah, if i was to pick a poison as it were it would be uk hardcore which is uh not to be confused with happy hardcore happy hardcore <laughs> is the earlier period um uh which and of course i love all of these things but i would say like if one is to like find where the origin of this hardcore style is it comes from these producers from this specific time yeah i guess that's not very surprising because it's something that really does reign supreme on this record on Harlequin. You really, in terms of sound, cover a lot of ground from genre. You have Interlocked, which is like this crazy hardcore gabba, um, mm. and All Night to some more like not cringy, but a noughties poppy kind of like take on that with Do You Remember and Take My Heart Away, which mm -hmm. make me both super nostalgic for Cascada. To yeah. like jungle and breakbeat with on a mountain, and then you have the trancey side with oceans theme and for so long. Mm -hmm. Was the bringing and bridging of these areas of music and these genres the catalyst for the creation of this rave universe that you've made on Harlequin? Uh, not really. I didn't really think about it when I was doing it. It's only like through doing all these interviews if I located where it all comes from. Um, <laughs> when I'm making music, I just don't really think about what I'm doing or like why. I just I just follow what I like the sound of. And um, I just kind of like have to uh, almost like, yeah, it, retrospectively work out what it is that I was doing. Um, and... Uh, I would say like the differences of genre that's the genres that are being evoked like for, for me it's kind of its own genre the whole record it sort mm. of is its, its own world and it of course has subcategories as you can probably tell I enjoy compartmentalizing things um but uh it's it's probably due to the nature of the collaborations on the record um like DJ Mayhem who was a pre-existing uh, persona of Hudson Mohawks uh, was sort of is like the, the tracks on the hardcore record are a like perfect fusion between our styles um, as much as Hudmo has his very particular style of um, melody and chords that I've found very inspirational sort of especially early on in my career um, he was very open just to using my melodies and chords which I consider to be like some of the most unique parts of what I do musically and uh, and constructing something out of that. And he brought his like very unique uh, Glaswegian energy to, to the tracks. Um, and yeah, and it just worked like immediately. 
um in a way that I didn't really expect um mm. in the session um but uh yeah no that 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 was my initial in with him as I just DM'd him like do you want to make some hardcore music and I knew that he would know what that means because he's from Glasgow and hardcore <laughs> means a particular thing it means UK hardcore it doesn't mean like uh like hardcore punk it doesn't mean like mm. the, the, hardcore means a different thing everywhere basically yeah. but I knew that what he would mean by that what he would what he would understand hardcore to mean so that was my opener and he was like yep come on come, come over and then we just did it we literally did it so that most of the collabs were quite like wordless as well in terms of just like yeah just sort of like it's quite obvious what me and Hadmo would make together and then that's it that's yeah. the track um uh same with the dj ocean collab it just happened like we didn't really discuss it me and caroline it was just like a kind of thing that appeared and as a result of this it kind of felt more like it made the characters feel so real because it's like there's it's not neither of us could make the track on our own there is a sort of summoning process that happens it takes a bit of time but then just suddenly the the, the cat is it's just there and like when we're both in some kind of like flow state and then it, it's it's yeah it's it's quite a magical experience um same with boeing <laughs> my favorite <laughs> um you've taken me to my next question almost in part out of my mouth but i'd know that each of these characters clearly this up because I know initially when I was reading into the lore of Harlequin some of my friends were coming to me like one's AG Cook, one's Sophie, one's Charlie and then I was reading like no I think I think they're more these no, that's alternate right. That's right. facets <laughs> <laughs> alternate sides to yourself because They've allowed you to add this extra detail to this world of Harlequin. It's this crazy universe of its own insofar as the characters in your background, they all have seemingly have these different personalities. DJ Ocean is um, this like breezy jellyfish. Uh, DJ Danny is like a C-3PO cyborg kind of character. Um, and MC Boeing, definitely a bit of a nod to Crazy Frog. What's the the backstory to each of these characters? Are they parts of yourself? Are they other people? Clear the air. Well, they're sort of parts of everyone, aren't they? Everybody has their inner Boeing. Everybody has their inner mayhem. It's just they there's different. They just take up different like percentages of different people's minds. It's all a sort of balance, isn't it, between between all the different characters, um, and the putting them in different rooms is obviously. Uh, a very handy sort of way of housing them all in the same unit but also it's it's just a multi-room nightclub it's just a known thing especially in Europe um the idea of I think a super club was the an original name for them um where there would be a chill out room as it were at, and there would be like more of like a hardcore kind of basementy sort of room and then there would be a kind of main room as it were so these are kind of like exploded ideas of what these rooms would be with like the music that i would most want to hear in all of them mm. nice um and yeah it's, it's just it's you can almost prescribe each dj to a different part of the human brain as well like <laughs> I like that. No, but it's apt. And I want to come back to 
what you were sharing before about your collaborations on each of them because the community that you come from and that you've been making music with for so long collaborating is such a big part of that did you really want to keep going down that path in making these tracks or did it just feel like a natural thing that you only kind of considered afterwards as an afterthought uh, well the idea of for hardcore only sort of came about as a result of real world uh, club nights that i was putting on called hardcore where i was just playing music that i wanted to hear in the world um in club nights because people just li- I just literally wasn't hearing it anywhere and i was and it, as far as i was concerned i was like how can you not play this music it's so good and works so well feels so good to listen to and uh then they just sort of like gained in popularity the more i did them um and uh then i started just like booking people like scott brown like these actual producers who made the original music it was just sort of um, incredible like an incredible experience but i find my i often find myself making music for live events like a lot of my music has been made in the kind of like week or day or sometimes hour before i play live and as a result of these events i just started making music for them and it was just a really like nice way of kind of of a, a great place to put all my sort of like rave inspired stuff rather than like everything I do being an ex- being a kind of like amalgamation of ev- like all of my influences because I have a lot of influences from a lot of different sort of worlds it was a really good place for me to just like just put the rave stuff and it just led to the a quite a specific kind of sound being developed and then I would just before the New York show I would collaborate with Caroline because she was there before the LA show I collaborate with Ross Hudmo because he was there and it was it just sort of like happened it just happened very organically and then it became a bit of a no-brainer to release the music so I just had to sort of think of a way of doing it um and then I that got me sort of thinking about the way in which I experience it and like in my opinion like releasing something you should be expressing like your experience of something putting it out there and then hoping that other people have felt the same basically um and then if they do if you communicate it clearly enough that's a proper communication between you and another person um and i felt like this sort of hardcore club was actually the best way of expressing it i felt like if i just uploaded these tracks with just the word hardcore like it just wouldn't have communicated in the same way um and i feel like people have responded to this idea like i've just well i know people have because of the reviews people have been writing and the and what people have been saying about it they've felt exactly what i've felt and that was basically the that that's what i wanted in terms of releasing it and i don't think that would have been achieved if it wasn't released in this particular way <laughs>
to say that any of your past work is closed off in any way or like you're holding back but again you really do seem to like totally go all in and just like again belly flop right into this world this sound this genre and it's not necessarily something that you've kept hidden away for so long you've been teasing harlequin for ages mm-hmm. um on the live front the name as well um but I wanted to know what was the moment that really made you think, okay, I can make this a big body of work because it's also your longest body of work today. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was almost like when I realized sort of what it was, like the amount of tracks there were, there was like over an album's worth of tracks. There was so many, like, it was such a specific thing and the world was being built. It was like, it almost started developing a mind of its own and I saw it being built in front of me and it was more of a feeling of dread of like oh my god like how am I gonna do this now like because because I realized it had to be in this way that this it had to sort of like be manifested in this way and yeah and it was a very long process like that's why it was teased for so long because it had to be exactly right because it's not a pop project is it so it's like if it's not pop a pop project it has to be exactly right or there's no point in it like pop music is sort of quite functional as it were um but like a personal like artist project album like the the only purpose the only reason to put it out is if if it's if it's perfectly executed because like 
otherwise it's just going to be a, a massive waste of time not just for you as an artist but just like for everybody listening it's very insulting um <laughs> if if you haven't put literally everything you can into making it the most perfect expression of a thing hmm. um and yeah and so it it just had to be exactly right uh and i'm very lucky with the team that i found that i sort of eventually assembled um and the various people along the way that really believed in it as a project believed in it before even the virtual club existed and then believed in it after that even more like well yeah. was that why it was so important to bring that virtual element to it be it, even if it wasn't like in this lens or this time period of a pandemic is that why you wanted to make that world online as well uh yeah well it being online is it's i just needed it to i just needed well okay so this idea of the multi-room club that i said before uh the super club it's not really that known about in lots of countries in the world it's quite a european phenomenon as much as people do know about it i don't like the idea of having an album where you have to tell rather than show like why it's good i hate the idea of like the age old uh, adage of like listen to, listen to the album and read this <laughs> essay on why it's so good uh like yeah. it should just be good to begin with and i just thought like if you could just watch the music video for it and then like the idea be explained to it and like i'm kind of showing the context for the music rather than having to tell anyone about it that's why I sort of loved it, loved that, that sort of, uh, that, that manifest, this manifestation of it. Mm. Um, Do you see it coming beyond the club nights? Do you see this actual giant club coming to life, say at like Fabric or somewhere? Are you going to be playing in all these different rooms at one point? <laughs> Do you see it manifesting itself that way? Let's find out. Oh, well, <laughs> here you go. <laughs> um, I, I ask because you add such detail to it down to peppers of little producer um, tags, you know, something that's mm. sort of cringy on SoundCloud, for example. But mm. what also really shines is your humour um, in between just the name itself. Like what is Harlequin? You know, a Harlequin is like a pantomime jester, but you call yourself the Baroque Rave Lord. Mm -hmm. And then you have tracks where you're singing Te Amo Eroina and then tracks like Car Song. Mm. Did you think humour was a big necessary element to this record? It's never something I've thought about. It's just, I just go with what feels right. It's like I didn't even know there was an element of humour to it. For me, it's just what <laughs> I like listening to. I like that. It's honest.
No, I can't do that because the wee fly has to come before if I want to do it that way. Flowers in a petal, we fly. Yeah, exactly. That's why I did it the other way before. Feel free to tell me otherwise if I'm reading too far into it, but of the different characters, DJ Danny appears most above all others coming in at five times. Is it correct to suggest that there's much of a difference, if at all, between him and Danielle Hall? DJ Danny is like, he's just quite a specific, uh, he's like a, a, a part of me. Like, I would say my music's kind of a combination of all of the DJs. And DJ Danny is like an expression of a specific thing. Like the genre is like euphoric for DJ Danny. That is just like the thing that he does. And it's just, and he does it through this kind of very particular sounding music. Um, there's a reason why he's like, he's not really a person. Uh, he's a kind of, more of a kind of specter that is created by a crowd when they all gather together. Because DJ Danny in the kind of like official lore of hardcore was the first DJ that appeared. And he, appear he only appears when there is a big crowd that gathers. And then if, <laughs> if they disperse, he's just not there. And he sort of conjures these like euphoric beams of divine light from above and then disperses them throughout the, the, the crowd. So they, they use him as like basically a conduit. And it's like all DJ Danny does is harness an energy that was already there and like disperses it for for people, um, but the people need to be there in order for him to be do, him to do that. It's the sort of essence of a performer in that sense. Mm. Knowing that this record has maybe unknowingly been in the making for such a long time, had you? ever set out to really put together an album would you do you feel like you would have been content just putting out smaller eps and remixes i do have a kind of long-term plan now in terms of my output but i think yeah maybe albums i it's always tough because i, I just always react to the material that i've made rather than having these kind of like album-based things i've never listened to albums ever i don't really care about albums as a thing um, this project fitted an album very well because of just like the kind of like closed nature of it. It's like, that's the statement, there you go, kind of thing. Um, but uh, the, yeah, I've always just listened to singles. I'm part of the sort of like LimeWire generation of like terribly compressed uh, MP3s. <laughs> Uh, I never bought albums or anything like that. I always had like, yeah, just singles and remixes to listen to. Um, yeah. I, and even if I ever did have an album, if I like borrowed one of my brother's albums, I would just like listen to one track over and over again off it that I liked. I just, yeah, I've never been really into that sort of thing. Um, for me, I always think completely from scratch with every project where it's like, would this fit would this be best as an album would it be just best as a bunch of singles that come out would it be better and, and also these days obviously an album's got its origins in vinyl um i i mean there's there's less and less of a point in like fitting like certain methods of release apart from the fact that vinyl's an incredibly profitable way of releasing music <laughs> possibly the most oh yeah um uh but yeah it's that's that's what's always led the supposed creativity of artists, isn't it? Just what's the best way of distributing it technologically? Hmm. Um, but for me, it's more about just what 
best fits the project. Yeah. If you had to share whatever comes into your mind right now, a memorable moment or song that you just had the most fun putting together, any kind of favourite memory, which, which one would it be and tell me the story? Okay, so I did a session with Isla, who I wrote a lot of the hardcore songs with, um, where just before she turned up to the session, uh, I just wrote about five riffs just just in quick succession, just on one synth, uh, all at sort of like the same BPM, just sort of in case we came up with an idea for any of them. And then she came in and I was like, I just handed the microphone. I was like, I was like, okay, just come up with a quick idea for that, 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 and that. And then like, we both like brainstormed some ideas. And in about two minutes, we had, I think every single DJ Danny song that's on the hardcore record. It just like came out immediately. Uh, and the same can be said for MC Boing tracks, which as I always say, take less time to write than they do to listen to. <laughs> I love that. Um, do you see this world growing or extending in any way in the future, oh, yeah. if at all? Oh, yeah. We're going to get a part two? What's happening? <laughs> We're going to get something. You'll see. Very democratic. Your publicist should be very happy with that <laughs> response. <laughs> well, Danny, that brings me to the end. Thank you so, so much for walking through this record with me. It's been such a pleasure. Your personality is infectious. So please don't stop in, don't stop investing that in your music because I think it's what really draws people to it all the way. Thankfully, so I far absolutely can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> Te amo, heroína, te amo, heroína, te amo, heroína, te amo, heroína.